Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good day, wonderful podcast family and beautiful eternal cosmic soul. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We have a tremendous episode for you today. We have James Weeks and we entitled this one Across the King's River, Following and Fulfilling Your Life's Purpose. James has a um, Facebook page where he's been writing for a long time. There's a massive following because he just really writes amazing stuff. He's a spiritual leader, shaman, philosopher. Um, and, you know, we basically talk about the Ifa spiritual tradition of West Africa, um, where, you know, this is what he's teaching and bringing forth uh, the core principles of the Ifa tradition, uh, connecting to the wisdom and support of our ancestors, which I think is amazing, um, allowing ourselves to be guided, trust. Progress doesn't always mean moving forward, uh, creating your own unique spiritual routine, individualism versus collectivism, uh, how to live a more purposeful and meaningful life, the most important question you can ask yourself every day, learning to be yourself and follow your inspiration. And I ask him, who is God and how to connect and, with that force? Uh, so it's a really deep episode. It's a, uh, you know, James is a really... Uh, amazing guy. Uh, you can check this out on live on Facebook too. You're going to see his uh, lovely smiling face. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's what's in this episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. Um, I want to thank those who are supporting me, um, supporting the podcast. The easiest thing that you can do is to leave a review. Um, you know, if you like the podcast and you are getting value from it, please take action. You can leave a review. You can support for as little as a dollar over on Patreon. So I want to thank uh, Reese so much who just, you know, he went to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and he just chipped a buck in the bucket. Um, so if you like the podcast and you're getting value, please chip a buck into the bucket. Uh, really does go a long way. The best and most important thing that you can do to support the podcast is to do one act of kindness today. Um, so even that would go a long way. That's really how this gets real and gets grounded by you getting somebody's name, uh, paying it forward, picking up a piece of trash, uh, giving a kind word. That's really supporting the podcast in the most magnificent way. So if that's all you do, then I would be super grateful for you. Um, for those of you guys who want to explore some coaching, we can do a one-on-one -on -one power hour session or a power 90 minute session and remove limiting beliefs, um, create an action plan to achieve your goals, um, you know, overcome any hurdles or obstacles that are really blocking you. So you can go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. And the other thing is a little bit more in depth where you might be a CEO, you might be an athlete, a high achiever, or just, you know, basically your average dude like me, um, and really wants to begin exploring and creating what their ideal life looks like and then walking into it. So it is a process, but you'll learn how to create a goal, how to overcome limiting beliefs, how to install the programming you need to achieve your goals as quickly and as easily as possible. But then also, most importantly, doing it from a place of fulfillment, of certainty, of peace, um, 
as you go along as if you've already had it. And that's really the most important piece. So whether you're the high level CEO and you got a company going and you want to learn this stuff, or you're just really ready to make a change and you want to, you know, level up, then just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. And I'm happy to hook that up. Uh, check out Zen Athlete. It's basically all the tools in there. Um, zenathlete.com and mattbelair.com. Sign up for the email list. And that's about it. Other than checking out my epic podcast sponsors, which is Sync Tuition. They are 3D binaural beat gamma wave brainwave entrainment. Super intense. They got three free tracks if you go to bit.ly forward slash gamma waves. And Sync Tuition, which is the best all natural health products, organic supplements, all that kind of stuff. And you'll get a $50 gift card to spend on anything they got. And all you need to do is just go to bit.ly forward slash activate health and collect and just get something cool. Um, even if you buy one item. Uh, so that's it. So before we get into this, let's just come into a state of quick peace and coherence by just 3D breasts. That's all we got to do. So wherever you are in the world, just blasting you a big hug. And then you could be walking down the street. I want you to just take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold the breath and just make the decision to come to total peace and presence and ease now, wherever you are in the world. And just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Take in another deep breath in through your nose. Hold the breath and then just really just get to a state of appreciation and gratitude. Think of all the things you're grateful for in your life as you let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Totally peaceful and present. Take it one more deep breath in through the nose. Hold the breath and just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Just coming fully into your body now. Peaceful present grateful and appreciative for being alive for being here for everything that you have so there we go i think we are ready to get into this fantastic episode with the man james weeks hello and welcome to another episode of the mastermind body and spirit show i'm your host matt belair today's guest is the producer of the upcoming documentary across the king's river which follows his journey as a healer in the Ifa spiritual tradition of the Yoruba tribe of West Africa. This film follows spiritual leader James Weeks as he practices his calling as a healer in the Ifa spiritual tradition while struggling to balance the worldview of his elders in Nigeria with the realities of life in the U.S. He is a shaman businessman, dedicated father and philosopher. He is the author of the upcoming book, Across the King's River, and creator of the Facebook page with the same name that is a daily source of inspiration for tens of thousands around the world. Welcome to the show, James Weeks. What's up, brother? Hey, good, good to have you. Thank you for inviting me. I hope my, uh, my house is not too messy. This is my living room. So just glad to be here. Happy to answer any questions you have. And when you sent me the email asking to be on your show, I said, let's do this. Let's get this rolling. Yeah, well, I'm glad you accepted. I was lucky to have um, been introduced to you to somebody just reached out and said, hey, have you heard about this guy? And I took a look at your work and what you're putting out there and all the just beautiful inspirational posts. And, um, you know, also I'm interested in your background. It's something that's a little bit uncommon. So um, I was definitely excited to have you on and, and learn more. So do you want to oh, sure. just... Do you want to just share a little bit about your background? Oh, and, sure. And okay. So I'm originally from uh, the, the Caribbean island of St. Croix, St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, grew up there, uh, was raised there, went to elementary school there, um, high school, college there. Um, so even though both parents were born on St. Croix, 
my ancestry goes back to some other islands that some people may not know of, uh, St. Kitts and Nevis, Fallon of Montserrat, Barbados, Guyana, Guyana, and eventually back to uh, West Africa. Uh, but growing up in the Caribbean, growing up on St. Croix, I, I never knew that one day I would be doing this work or that one day I would be working with elders in Africa or that one day this culture, this Yoruba culture would become an integral part of my life. And, you know, I would like to say that in a sense, even though um, I'm doing this show because you sent me an invitation last week and you said, hey, let's do this show. In a sense, I would like to say that we're doing this show because 20 years ago, I had a problem, um, a family problem. And the problem at the time was my oldest son at that time was getting into trouble, you know, so he was getting arrested just going through a, a difficult time. And so he grew up in a, you know, my wife and I were wondering, well, what's up with our son? Didn't we give him all the love we could? You know, the things that parents would say or do or worry about. And this kept happening. And so one day I, um, I said, someone told me that this healer from Nigeria was in town, this Babalawa, that's the term that they use for healer in the Yoruba spiritual tradition. And so I went to see this man, but I only went because I was interested in my son. I wanted to see, well, what can you tell me about my son? You know, is there a solution he can provide? Because we were trying a lot of different things at that time. And so when I went to see him, when he did a, what's called divination for me, um, he told me some things about my son. He said, yes, your son's hanging with the wrong people, blah, blah, blah. He told me some other things. But then he started talking to me about me, about my life and what he said, but you know, James, you're supposed to be doing this work. You are, this is really your path. Uh, in the future, you're going to be doing this, 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 and this. Um, so he started telling me some things about my future that started to make sense to me. And then I started to understand in a bigger sense why I had that problem, why, in a sense, in a sense, my son was a messenger. That's the way I see it now. My son was a messenger who was going through this experience. And part of the reason was to, for me to switch what I was doing, to go down a more spiritual path, which is not to say I was not spiritual. Um, at that time, I was working for corporate America. Okay. Um, but that was a defining moment, a turning point in my journey, a turning point in my life. That's what eventually led me to West Africa. And so I took my son with me uh, to West Africa. That was back in 2003. Uh, the healers there, they did some ritual work for my son. Um, they said, you're going to see some good things in your family. You know, I went through a spiritual initiation there. Uh, and then we came back to the US, okay? Uh, so when we came back to the US, the psychologist who was seeing my son said, I don't know what happened, but your son is new and improved. Um, and so over the years, my son started getting better and better and better and better and more awesome and more awesome and more awesome and more awesome <laughs> and more great and more great. So now my son, you know, it's not, it hasn't, it has not been an overnight journey, but my son is a dedicated father. He has four kids. He's a businessman. He's a generous soul. You know, the problems that we had with him are gone. You know, and so he has turned his life around completely. And part of the reason why I like to share my stories because in life, all of us, we go through, whether it's a crisis, 
we, we like it or not, we're going to go through some stuff, right? And what I like to say is that as we go through what we go through is, you know, we should not, we should not buy into despair thinking, well, this is how my life is going to end up. Oh, I'm in this relationship that's not so good. Maybe it'll never be good. Maybe I'll never find a relationship. Oh, I'm struggling financially. Maybe I'll always struggle financially. Whatever the case may be, um, our lives can change dramatically for the better. Sometimes it happens quickly. Sometimes it happens over a period of time. But I believe that every crisis, every problem is trying to teach us something too. And if we can, um, if we can be more patient and if we could try and look to see where we're being guided with that issue or that problem, I believe beautiful and amazing things can happen. Yeah, man, a hundred percent. And that's, um, it's interesting that we, we have these catalysts that kind of change our life journey. You know, the last podcast I had, a um, the shoot the guest of my goodness. Um, he had a near death experience and that altered his life. It started, took him on a new path. So do you want to describe, because I don't know anything about the Ifa spiritual tradition or the Yoruba tribe or people. Do you want to go a little bit into that? Like what are some of the traditions? What is that? What is that? Okay, like? sure. So, um, all right. So uh, for those who, who don't know, the first thing that I would say about many of the spiritual traditions of Africa is that they're, they're earth-based, meaning a lot of the, the philosophies comes out of having this profound connection with nature. So the earth base, um, they revolve around a, a reverence for nature. Uh, in the case of the Yoruba people, for example, um, all of these forces, the, the ocean, the waters, you know, so we have spiritual terms for these forces of nature. And so, for example, Yamoja is what we call an, an Orisha, uh, divine deity, Orisha of the waters of the ocean. Um, Shango represents the deity of, of lightning, for example. Um, Oya is the wind, the tornado, the hurricanes. And so there's a belief that not only do we have, we're not only part of nature, but we have this, this intimate relationship with nature and part of our problems comes from being out of tune with nature. You know, and so we go back to nature for the healing. Um, and so that's part of, you know, so that's one of the first things I would say. There's a belief in this intimacy with nature that we should have or we must have. Um, in the Ifa spiritual tradition, our elders say that at one point, uh, you know, in days, you know, the way how you would say it in Yoruba language, ni aye aticho, means in the time, that, that time, humans, some humans understood the language of animals. And some animals understood the language of human beings, just like some humans may speak French or Greek or whatever. Well, we understood some of their language too. And so when there were events, well, we invited, we didn't just invite human beings to events, we invited animals too. We invited trees, we invited all of creation to be with us. So that's one of the, the first things I would say. It's, it's one, it's um, earth-based. The second thing I would say is, um, which is interesting to me, is when people think about Africa, for most people, yes, it sounds so far away. And yes, because it is. And these cultures, these traditions, it sounds so distant. But one of the interesting things about many of these traditions in West Africa is that 
the binary code, the codes that's using computer technology can be traced back to these practices, be back to divination. And so um, on YouTube, there's a very interesting um, talk, lecture by a computer scientist by the name of Dr. Ron Eglash. It's called African Fractals, I believe. African Fractals, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, his name is Dr. Ron Eglash. Very interesting talk. He's talking about fractals. But, just, but towards the end of his talk, he talks about how the roots of computer technology comes from Africa, not only from Africa, but from these same traditions that have been vilified for centuries, where missionaries have come to our country saying, oh, no, that's not so good. That's terrible. Oh, no, that's demonic. You shouldn't be doing that. Why are you doing this? Let's stop that. And so in a sense, the way how I see it, the whole world, in a sense, practices African practice, in a sense, as they log on to their computers every day, you know? And so Dr. Glass says every PDA, every, every laptop, every electrical circuit in the world comes from these places. So I spoke about nature. The other thing, one of the other key components of most African spiritual systems is um, the belief in the ancestors and that our ancestors are not dead, but they're living entities. And they, they have a role to play in our lives um, for, for guidance, for protection, for healing, um, also for support. And so one core practice is to, to call on our ancestors um, and not be afraid to call on them because they are listening to us. They are aware of our needs. They can help us. They do have the wisdom to help us. And so, the, so part of it is the understanding that, hey, we're not alone. So nature, the ancestors. Uh, another key component is um, sometimes divination, the idea that, hey, we can go to the spirit world to get guidance on practical issues and practical problems that we all face. Um, another core component would be medicine, healing, um, in our traditions, um, people like myself or African healers, they, they still are to this day the primary care physicians for most of the population. So even though, yes, there's a Western, you know, medicine in Africa, for a lot of the population, people who do what I do, they're still primary care. And so healing, when we do work for, for people, it's not only related to healing, it may be a legal issue, maybe relationship issue, um, be financial issues. So it could be a wide range of problems that we may be called to assist with. And so one of the reasons why, although there are many African spiritual traditions, one of the main reasons why the Yoruba tradition has become so popular is because um, during um, the transatlantic slave trade, a, a large, a huge amount of um, uh, Yoruba people, people went to places like Cuba and Brazil and Trinidad. And even though slavery ended like in the U.S., they were still going on in these places. And so large populations were still coming over. And so they brought along their philosophies, their traditions, their dances, their song, their core beliefs. Um, over time, they integrated that with other belief systems. In the case of Cuba, Roman uh, Catholicism and other influences. 
and eventually started spreading throughout the world, um, United States, and now we're seeing a resurgence of interest in not only Yoruba-based traditions, but African uh, traditions as a whole, because people are starting to realize, but wait, I could benefit from this. I could learn something from this. Um, and even if they don't practice it, they might be able to take some core ideas to improve their lives. Because at the end of the day, any spiritual path is ultimately an attempt to help us to improve our lives and to live lives that hopefully are more meaningful, more balanced, more fulfilling. And I believe that whatever path, it's not so much that what path we're on, it's, I believe that the path that we're on is, has been, in a sense, preordained. And it's about really the ancestors trying to put us in a place where we can serve the masses or to serve many people. If they feel you can serve more people by being a Buddhist, then you go down that road. If they feel by being a Zen master, then you go down that road. If they feel whatever, whatever it is that they feel, if they feel you're better off, whether you know, being a Roman Catholic practitioner, and that's how you can serve the masses. That's what they'll ask you to do. So I believe that our paths are more, they're less about ourselves, they're less about our beliefs, they're more about how can we serve humanity? How can we serve others? That's beautiful, man. I love that. It makes perfect sense to me. I love how it's connected to uh, nature and, and fundamentally of service. You know, that seems to make sense. And I don't know if you, you do the history, it's interesting that you have people come over to, you know, a group of people that they have no understanding to, or, you know, or even desire. And then they're like, here, here, take some, you know, Catholicism or whatever. And like, let's just not worry about what you're doing or try to understand it. Let's just try to, in, you know, infringe on that. And so it's nice to see that there's a bit of a rebirth or a resurgence for that philosophy. And that philosophy to me is a little bit more, um, grounded it seems to make a lot more sense you know and i really like the idea of the ancestors you know like when you said that i had a little bit of a tingle because it does make you feel like you know you're not alone like you do have a little bit of guidance from somewhere and it's a it's an empowering thought for me to have that um so do you want to speak on like do you what would be um some spiritual practices i think that when we're talking about spirituality yeah it is to make our lives better and part of it is you know people you know, it's like about the afterlife. It's about how to live a good life. And they're worried about the afterlife. So they look at, you know, um, I kind of had the idea the other day where it's just like a person and then there's God. And then you've got all these different, you know, people in the middle, you've got a Catholic priest, you've got a Buddhist, you've got like a Zen monk, you've got all these things. And you have this person that's bringing you this connection to God. Um, but I think there's philosophies that, you know, at the root core, it's how you connect to God. So I'm just curious about sure. what, what your okay. spiritual practice okay. would be in connecting to sure. God. All right. So before I answer that question, I want to say this. Okay. Um, so even though um, I said, so even though Across the King's River began as a documentary film project, and it still is, and yes, I am working on a book, um, Meditations Across the River, which is a compilation of a lot of inspirational quotes that I've been sharing a lot on Facebook um, over the years, as well as some inspirational essays. Um, the page itself, the Across the King's River page, has really become a source of inspiration for people of so many different paths, of so many different backgrounds. And so, you know, I would bet that maybe more than 50% of the people who follow this page, they're not practitioners of this 
particular faith, but they're coming for the inspiration it, it provides. Um, going back to your, 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 your question, um, when you asked me to, to come on your show, I wanted to think of some, some steps or some things that we can all do, you know, regardless of what path we're on, that could allow us to live better lives and that they're not so difficult to implement and that we all can implement them. And so number one, I would say is that we, should, we, we need to allow ourselves to be guided, right? And when I say to, by allowing ourselves to be guided, if we call upon spirit, we call upon God, we call upon the answers, whatever, whoever your source is, if we do that, and if you do that, then that means to allow the guidance to happen. And the reason why this is crucial is because for many people, oftentimes people call and say, I need guidance, but then they want to be in the driver's seat. They want to dictate what the outcome should be or how it should happen. It's like you're driving along in your car and you're saying, I need help driving this vehicle, but then you won't get out the driver's seat. You want to take control of the carrying steering wheel, and then you get pissed off and things don't happen your way. And why did this happen? Poor me, poor me, poor me. And so as people, as people on a path, we have to let go of that. We have to trust that, hey, just be guided. Stop being a control freak, you know? Just allow ourselves to be guided. And, you know, I believe, you know, one of the biggest causes of depression is people can't allow themselves to be guided or want to control every outcome. And we're not in control, you know? And so I believe that if things happen the way we want them to happen or the way that we think we should happen, it'll be, we would live in a more chaotic world. Our world is chaotic now, but our lives would be more chaotic if they happen as we think it just should happen. And so it's understanding that we're dealing with higher intelligence. When we call on these forces, whether in the case of my tradition, the Orishas, whether in other traditions you're calling on spirit guides, whether you're calling on ancestors, we're dealing with high intelligence. And we need to take a step back and allow them to do their jobs, which is different from what we want. They're interested in what, what we need and what's for the highest good for us which is not the same as what we want or what we think we should get or when we think we should get that. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. And I, the way that I kind of see that in my mind is if something's guiding you and they see the, you know, the maze from up here, like sometimes it might happen where you lose your job and you think it's the worst thing in the world, you know, and it is able to steer you in, in another way. And if you want that guidance, you're like, okay, I need help, you know, to kind of relax um, trust a little bit, you know, in, into what's happening and, you know, and then listen to the guidance. And I think meditation and that inspiration is a part of it, being able to listen as well, because we're kind of on the go all the time and we're forcing it, but not really allowing it. Beautiful. Yeah. So, so step number one might be just allow ourselves to be guided. Step number two would be just what you said, trusting the process, you know, just have, have trust, you know, maintain the faith. Step number three, Three, I feel, would be, and these steps don't have to be in this order. There's just thoughts. Um, understanding that progress does not always mean moving forward. You know, it's just this whole Western model that, you know, progress means you're working all the time and it means you're going forward at all costs. That's not true. Um, sometimes progress means just taking a step back, 
that's the most progressive thing you can do. Sometimes it might mean taking 10 steps back or 15 steps back, you know, and just looking at the situation. Progress might mean changing a course of action, changing direction. It does not always mean I need to move forward. I need to move forward. And so what happens is that people become so, it goes back to what we said earlier, not trusting the process, not allowing themselves to be guided. And I want this, I want this, I want this. Let me go into beast mode or whatever. Let me get this done. I need to get this off my to-do list, whatever, whatever. And so what happens many times, it, it ends in a disastrous way because the foundation that should have been there is not there to support someone. And so understand progress does not always mean you need to be moving forward. Maybe you need to chill out. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I totally believe that. And, you know, some of the examples that I, I think about is friends that have made transition in work environments where they've worked, you know, 40 to 60 hours a week for a long time. And then they get a, a month off or something. And they're just thinking about how do they get back into, you know, that type of environment where really, I think the best thing is like, Hey, just take some time, like take some time to think, you know, I'm curious about your thoughts on on the balance between, you know, because part of your documentary and what you speak about is balancing this this spiritual practice with the stresses of Western life because um, we have to we're kind of conditioned to go 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 all the time. But I think as as human beings, I don't know where that came from. It doesn't make any sense to me to just get up and go all the time. Like where's where's the room for being, for playing, for exploration, for fun, for community, for spending time in nature. And we don't value those as a culture in, in this Western culture for the most part. It's all about the acquisition and the external and then the bottom line and then the grind. And there's not a lot, there's not a lot of fulfillment there at the end of the day, really, if you, if, you, if you go all the way down that path and you look at it. So just curious, your thoughts. Oh, yeah. No, it's beautiful what you said. because It's so true. And I believe, especially in, in this culture, people are ingrained that way where people feel guilty if they rest. You know, it's like, what am I doing resting? But what about that goal? I'm supposed to be working on X, Y, Z. Why am I not working? Um, recently, I, I was, I just came back home from the Caribbean, but think right. I was there um, last month. I, I was there to visit my mom. But anyway, while I was there, I read this article um, by a woman. I can't remember her name. It was in the Huffington Post. The article was about why she left the UI, United States and why she's not coming back. You know, and she talked about what you said. Um, she, the conditioning that life is about just acquiring money. And not only that, this, the, these notions that, you know, life is a race, you know, that it's a competition. And these are things that they just lead to depression and frustration in people anyway. You know, so, um, as I work with people, as I work with clients, one of the things I hear often from them is this sense of frustration. They're not where they feel they should be in life or whether it's in a relationship, whether it's career, whether, whether it's spirituality, it doesn't matter. There's this sense that, oh, they feel like failure. I, you know, I feel like a failure. Hey, I just turned 40. I turned 50. I thought by this time I would be more financially stable, but I'm not. I thought by this time I would be in a I'd be married or whatever. I thought by this time I would have a child or two, but look, I don't. Um, something's wrong. And, you know, we, 
we have to understand that, I mean, on a spiritual level, that we are where we're meant to be. And it doesn't mean that something is wrong because we find ourselves in a particular situation. The way how I see it, for us to say that we're not where we're supposed to be, it's like saying that the tree outside is not where it's supposed to be. It's like saying the rock outside, that's not where it should be. It's like saying um, a bird, that bird that just flew across the sky isn't where it should be. And so if we're saying that that bird that just flew across the sky is not where it should be, well, then where are we proposing that it should be? Where are we saying that it should go? So if you accept the idea that we are part of nature and we are, then we have to, I believe, accept that if we're part of nature and the tree is where it's supposed to be at any given moment, we're probably where we're supposed to be too, you know? And so it's accepting that and um, understanding that. And going back to your question about the balance, well, part of the way to have more of a balance, I believe, is by having some type of spiritual routine that we can practice on a daily basis. It's, it should be different for everyone, you know? Um, so one of the things that I do every day is meditation, that's one. Um, two is um, I spend time in my yard. I have a garden outside. I go outside every day. I didn't always do this, but it's, nature is part of the medicine that all of us need. And so the thing is, the challenge for us is to you know, it's interesting, even though, like in the case of the African spiritual traditions, there's this reverence for nature. A lot of people who practice these traditions, that's not what they're doing. You know, they're spending more time on internet, lecture, 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 workshop, 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 whatever. And it's, that's okay as learning tools, reading book after book after book. But what's going to help us, what I'm trying to say is nothing's wrong with those things. What's going to help us is really... It's just having these connections on our own, the simple things that we can all do. We can all have a connection with nature. No one doesn't have to explain our connection to nature, how we feel about a flyer, how we feel about a tree, how we feel about, you see what I'm saying? So the more that we, we can actually practice thing, these things that bring healing and balance to our lives, the better off we'll be, all of us. Not, and it's not, there's no question of if we'll be better, we will be better, we will be more grounded we will have more peace and we will have more sanity. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. And, and they are very simple things. It's just, we're, we're not doing them. Um, there's a guy, Dan Winter, who's a physicist and just talks about the health correlation between um, where you live in an apartment building and the higher up you go. Um, statistically, it's worse health because you're not grounded. You're not on the ground. And just just the energy from the earth. And now in uh, China or Japan, they have forest bathing, which is like the health benefits of going out in nature. And it's a bit ludicrous that we need to speak about these things that are simple. You know, that's just like, hey, you know, this kid is inside in a stuffy room playing video games, eating Cheetos all day. He's probably not going to be the healthiest kid if he doesn't go outside, you know nature and outdoors and all of that stuff is naturally healing. And it reminds me of um, a book called Jesus and the Essenes. And they say there's four ways to know God. One is through um, study. Two is through a master teacher. Three is through going in like meditation. And four is through nature, just getting out into nature and getting a direct experience because lectures are good. All these things are great, but we need experiences. And that is really what's connecting us with nature, with our surroundings, with ourselves, um, beyond just looking and staying within the analytical mind. Well, I love that. And I'd love to, you know, I love 
that study, you know, I, I want to find out more about it, how you said that the higher up you go, the more your health deteriorates. I think that's fascinating, you know, because in, you know, many African villages, you know, or on the earth, close to the earth. So I just came back, as I said, from St. Croix, Virgin Islands. And one of the things is that, um, that I, it became clear to me because I always thought that, oh, where I'm from, St. Croix, is not as outwardly like African, into these African spiritual traditions as places like Cuba or Brazil or Trinidad in our cases. But that's not true. It's just that we're doing it in a different way. And one of the ways in which people still do it is by this connection with nature, still. You know, as a young man growing up, my father was always around trees and plants. That's, that's what his thing. And so people have this connection, but they don't talk about it. It goes back. They're not lecturing about it. They're living it in their own ways, but they don't, you know, it's not, they're not going to, you know, talk about it. They're going to live this experience. And so that's the challenge for us is to live more of these experiences. And we can, we can do more of it at least, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I'm actually, I'm in Maine with uh, David Lombert Senapas, who's a native American elder. And um, today I was having a chat with him and he's a very fascinating guy. And um, I was talking today about how much there's, how the heck do I know the truth about things? He's like, you got to do your research. So I'm researching these different things. He's like, there's a lot of bull crap out there. And he's just like, well, he's just like, my tradition was like this. And he, and he hits me, you know, it's like person to person. And that's, you know, person to person. And then also speaking about direct experience. He's like, that's what you know. You know what, what you're experiencing. You know that. Um, and you can also know from a teacher that's spending time with you one-on-one. -on -one, and that was kind of his lineage. And I think that, you know, we're not doing uh, the basics. Like in at a basketball, I'm watching the NBA finals. But, you know, in basketball, it's like you got to do the fundamentals to win games. And we're not doing like the human fundamentals. How do we live a fulfilling, inspiring, magical life if we can't even do the fundamentals of like getting into nature, connecting with community, um, having some sort of connection with spirit in whatever way that is for you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, absolutely. And so the other thing is, um, you know, well, uh, in understanding this connection to ancestors and, and or spirit guides or whatever, the other thing it's important to understand is that these other forces, they have a say in our decision-making process. And here's what I mean. The other thing is we, especially maybe here in the West, this whole idea of individualism, oh, I'm making this decision. Oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I'm going to do that. The reality is that there are other forces that play a role in deciding what happens or, or what will be healthy for us or not. And our ancestors or spirit guides could decide to, you know what, this relationship that you're in, I'm going to end it. Why? Because it's not going to take you to a place that's going to be good for you down the road. You see what I'm saying? And so they may decide to end the career. They may decide. So they have a say, and it's not just in theory. They, they can and will influence us to that extent that they will, you know, cause events in our life to happen in a way that causes us to change our direction, to get us to a place that's better, not only for us, but for 
others. Yeah. What that makes me think about is um, the belief, like, you know, that uh, the universe is on your side. You can, you can believe that because sometimes crappy stuff happens and you're just swearing at God or creator or whatever. Why'd you do this? But if you have belief that ancestors is one way or creator or nature or whatever, the universe is on your side from that, you can say, okay, you can kind of pick yourself up and have a little bit more of an empowering perspective because it could be really hard whatever you're facing could be really really hard and it could suck terribly but you know if you you have a little bit of a i don't know a support network in in your mind you know it's going to be a little bit easier to move forward and if the other perspective would be the universe is just out to get you right and that's more of that competition mindset and i think one of the fundamental things you spoke on earlier that's one of your core beliefs that many people don't have is how can i serve you know, how do I serve my community? How do I contribute to everybody? And in that fundamental, I think, belief and idea, it's going to change how you think about spirit and God and nature and other people and other things. Now, some people might take advantage of you and they might not be great, but I think it's a little bit more of an empowering thought to have moving forward, you know, to, to think that things are on your side and you can contribute. And what will happen um, is you're going to get that reflection. You're going to get that feedback in your environment if you go about your days that way. And if you go about your days trying to kind of get things from people and, and rip them off and do one over and do the bottom line, you are <clears throat> going to get that reflection in different ways. But ultimately, you probably feel like an a-hole within yourself. And mm. that's, you, there's no way that, that I, I don't think anyway, I've never met anyone that's just like doing that and they feel super fulfilled and they're actually stoked on life. Um, but if you do something nice for somebody and you're contributing to your community, you feel really good. And it just makes sense because it's collaborative, it's cooperative. Um, it just, you know, just kind of makes sense. Right. And so going, piggybacking on what you said, I believe it's important to ask the question, how can we be of service? Um, in a way that also that doesn't kill us in the process or drain us or make us miserable. And so it could be different for everyone. So it's a question of finding out how we can serve. Um, there might be 10 ideas of ways to serve, but that we all have. But then it's, it's a question of selecting how we can best serve in a way that is sustainable for us also. Um, what happens often, um, I guess in, in my work as I talk to people, um, sometimes they're looking for more money. They're looking, they want to improve their financial circumstances, as we all do. Um, but what they're really saying is they're looking for a way sometimes of getting quick money, right? And the, the problem with that is that it doesn't put one in a position to serve sometimes. And if you're only driven by money, what happens, or how you can make money, what happens is that you'll, you'll stop. It, two things will happen. One, if you achieve your goal, you'll be miserable. It, it won't fulfill you. You might. But more than likely, what will happen is that when obstacles come, you'll, you'll stop doing that thing. And so for people who are thinking about going into business of any kind, I always tell them, you better, you better make sure you love that business. Because you're going to be tested, you're, you will, not if, you're going to face some challenging times, whether it goes, whether you think it's going successfully or not. 
you will be tested, you will be challenged, there will be disappointments, people will say they're gonna do this and, and they're not, whatever the reasons. And if there's no love behind what you said you want to do, you're not going to survive, you know? And so it's been said before in other traditions, without, without love, there's, there's just no way you're going to move forward. And just, just without love, there's no way ultimately that you're going to be able to sustain yourself or, or anything. There's nothing that could be sustained um, without it long-term. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Um, you know, we need, I think it's like, you need your why to, to be greater than the challenges. And if mm -hmm. we can give ourselves something that, that is uh, what we would do if you had a million dollars every single day for the rest of your life, like, what do you uh -huh. want to create here? And I think that we also have this belief that we don't die. We live mm -hmm. our lives like we got forever. And so, you know, we're just going to trug along until we're 60, then retire and then grab a yacht. And then, you know, your body's going to be all messed up, not going to be able to do anything fun anyways. Um, but we don't, you know, and we also don't realize too, like how powerful we are to create. But if you can give yourself an idea that is something that you are passionate about, that you want to do that lights you up, then you're going to have the resolve to get through all those challenges because they're going to happen. And what you're saying is like when you're trying to get this money, you know, which we all do because we need the money to eat. Um, you just go get the money, you get a little challenge. Like, ah, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? I kind of want to do it, but you don't have that resolve to go through those challenging times. And, and it's, that's the key fundamental thing. So, you know, getting really, really clear on what it is that you want to do and contribute. And you can be working a regular job and then just putting some energy and time into that transition. But if you don't, you know, and give yourself a, a bigger block of time, maybe five years or 10 years. So anything, you know, if you want to learn an instrument, you know, practice three hours a week for five years, you can be pretty good at that instrument. Um, you know, if you want to create a side business, you can just start putting a little bit of energy there. So what I want to ask you, because we touched on a little bit, um, how do you, guide people into like finding their purpose you know what is your advice for finding some purpose and living a fulfilling life because these are the important things because you know you're going to have struggles either way you're going to have struggles if you're trying to be of service you're going to have struggles if you're trying to get all the money so you kind of <laughs> you gotta got you know so it's an interesting question and i'll answer it in a couple of different ways um one is when it comes to the purpose question, I believe that one, um, a lot of our purpose has been preordained sometimes before we were born. And, but some of it won't be revealed until a certain time because there are other life lessons that we, had, we have to learn. There are things that we have to go through. So for example, I'll give you an example. So even though now at this juncture in my life, I do, I'm a spiritual counselor or people come to me for divination and I, I guide them. Um, at one point, um, in my twenty, I also have a background in journalism, you know, so I worked at newspapers, um, for several years, um, uh, back in Virgin Islands. And so even though I'm doing this over here, this work as the journalism was important because it's helping me do what I do here now in terms of, hey, I'm doing these posts every day, these inspirational posts, I'm writing this book. So that past played a role, it's playing a role. So all of these things are connected. So 
as people look for purpose, that's one of the things I would say. Many of the events in your life are part of your purpose. It's not necessarily apart from it. So some of the people even that you met in the past may play a role in who you are. And so that's, that's the other part. I would encourage people to look at their family members, whether they're immediate family members, and to see, is there someone in your immediate family members that's inspiring you in a certain way? Or, or even if they're not inspiring you, if they're forcing you to go in a certain way, that could be a clue to your purpose. You know, so for example, if I didn't meet my wife, who gave birth to our first son, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be here today talking to you because it was through that child that led me to this path. So I would say looking at your, your family to um, anything that you feel inspired to do is there's probably some connection to your purpose there. So if we tune to what inspires us, you know, if there's a thought that comes to you that keeps coming back, it keeps coming back, it's probably connected to your purpose in some way. Um, now, and then the other thing that I would say, it kind of goes back to allowing yourself to be guided. I, I believe if we just ask the question every day, how can I be of service? If every day, that's all that we did. We didn't know anything else. We didn't know any complex African, philosophy, we didn't know any in this indigenous tradition, we didn't know anything about anything, right? We didn't know anything about what they said in the Dead Sea Scrolls. If we just ask ourselves this question every day when we wake up, how can I serve today? If we just did, if we just followed the inspiration that came to us, I believe we'll always be in alignment with our purpose, even if we knew nothing else. If we just asked, well, how can I serve today? If we just followed whatever that is, Maybe tomorrow it'll be a different answer. We serve in a different way tomorrow. That's okay. I believe if we do that, we'll always, there'll never be a question of whether we're in alignment with our purpose or not. We're always going to be where we're supposed to be. That's what I would say. Um, so going back to your question about how do I, one of the ways in which I, I guide people. So when people come to me, um, I try to identify what area of their life they should be focusing on. That's one of the things that I do. So some people might come, for divination for reading, they're concerned about their finances. But when I'm doing this reading, what Spirit is telling me is they should really be working on their relationship. That's really, that should be priority number one. And the reason why this is important is because it could be that some people that they're aligning with is holding them back in some way. Or maybe that relationship is not right for them. There's too much turmoil. And that turmoil is causing them to lose focus at work, which is impacting their finances. Or their, their relationship is so draining, the business that they want to do, they can't do it. Because eight hours of the day is spent arguing with someone, talking about what went wrong last night, who should have taken out the trash, who didn't. You know, so much time is spent on relationships that are dysfunctional or healthy. There's no way they're going to improve their finances. And so if they would take do inventory on who's in their life and ask themselves the question is this person a benefit i mean are they helping me i mean is it sustainable if they would start there maybe their finances would improve that they'll have more clarity more peace of mind or maybe someone comes 
and they're they're looking for a relationship, right? That's their, you know, they want to know if they'll find a relationship or whatever. But maybe what they should be working on is their own emotional health. You see what I'm saying? Maybe they should be working on their own relationship to spirit. They should be developing themselves spiritually rather than trying to be in a relationship because if they, they, they don't develop themselves spiritually, emotionally, well, it's going to cause these other relationships to suffer that they're going to do to this relationship what they did to all the last five of them. You see what I'm saying? And so I try to, not I try to, I try to point them in the area of their lives where they should be focused on at the moment. You know, and I try to put it in perspective and to prioritize what their step one should be, what your step two should be, what your step three should be. So the other thing about purpose, I want to go back to your question about purpose, you know, is that the other thing is that two things I would say is that when it comes to the question of purpose, um, sometimes it can change depending on the needs of the universe or depending on the needs of the community. You know, sometimes the needs of the outside world changes and so you become something else. You know, you're asked to serve in a different way because now this is what's needed. So even though, yes, um, a lot of the work I do is more spiritual based, for some people, I mentor them in finances. So I've become a big proponent of financial literacy because it's not something that comes up often as people discuss spirituality. Um, understanding finances, understanding wealth creation. So one of the problems with most people is because there's no financial literacy, they struggle perpetually financially, which throws a lot of things in their life out of balance too. And there's no one there to guide them. So that's something that I've become passionate about as well. You know, so understand that one's purpose may also change at times depending on what the needs are. You know, and then just being open to what we feel called to do. Awesome, man. Well, well, I really like the the one question. You know, how can I serve today? And I think that that's yes. such an, a a massive piece piece of advice because it when we think like that of like how can we help? That's again where I think we get that universal spirit or ancestors or nature or whatever. You know nature and spirit to me is cooperative. And so if you're moving about the day with that intention, you're going to be taken care of, you know, and also you're going to be more fulfilled because, you know, really helping somebody that's, that's what's fulfilling, you know, and it could be in many different ways. It could be just uh, opening a door or walking someone across the street that day or helping somebody with their car or whatever it is that you're good at. And maybe you like to do art or all these different things, but you know, as you move towards um, helping people, I think that it's your natural skill. That's going to your, your, you know, your unique nature and what you enjoy that's going to serve everybody else. And I've used this analogy a few times, but like being in a forest and, you know, if you're a beaver that's trying to be a bald eagle, you're going to be a crappy bald eagle and you're not going to like it. You know, but mm -hmm. when you understand what you're good at chopping down the trees and making dams, it's going to benefit the whole forest, but that's what the forest needs. That's what, you know, so I think if we can get in touch and that's where the inspiration comes from. Uh, inspiration means in spirit, you know, you feel it. And it kind of like lights you up. It's this little thing. You're like, ooh, this feels good. Like do some of that. Put some energy there. Um, but what happens, I think, is we, we, we sabotage before we even put any energy towards it. And even if we can just start with a little bit, putting a little bit of energy towards what inspires us, 
Um, don't self-sabotage instantly and think about how can we serve, even if you're doing your regular everyday thing. But those two switches are massive perspective switches on how you navigate day-to-day reality. Exactly. And like you said, oh, I want to repeat it. Uh, somewhere in there you said, like you didn't say it exactly like this, but being oneself, you know, um, and understanding understanding who we are. Um, and so too often people just get caught up in what other people are doing, which is, uh, I'm sorry, but it's, it's not so relevant as, as to, the question we have to ask is, well, who are we? You know, and at the end of the day, we have to live with ourselves anyway. So why not be at peace with ourselves? You know, and then the second tip I would say is, is to not compare ourselves to other people, which is another cause of frustration for people. They look at other people and they say, well, so-and-so is, must be doing well, and so-and-so, look at what they're doing, what, what, look at what they're achieving. And we don't know what the people who are achieving X, Y, and Z are going through anyway. And so there's this feeling that people have that, well, they're doing it, but I'm not. But we don't know what they're, everyone is, everyone at every point is tested in a different way, you know? And so we, we have to step away from comparing ourselves to other people and just focus on what our life lesson is and just doing what we can to push our own balls forward, so to speak, and to, to stay on track. And one more thing about what you said about purpose with this conversation about purpose. Purpose is not always monetary, you know, and some people sometimes they get caught up in this trap. Well, if I'm living my purpose, then I have to be compensated in this way and that way. And that's not true. Um, there are many people who played it. Living your purpose does not always mean that, you know, financial compensation. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it does not. Um, and also, when it comes to purpose, you don't have to always achieve a goal to have an impact in the world. So we have it in our heads too that, you know, I'm at point A, once I get to point B, then I'll have that impact. That's not true. You know, and so in my case, you know, I started working on this film eight, nine years ago. It's still not done yet. You know, this funding issue that we had to deal with and we're still dealing with. But one of the goals of this film has always been to inspire people. I didn't just want to make a film, you know, I want to bring inspiration to people. And so when I look at the growth of the page across the Kings over that page over the years, well, a lot of people come, it's been a source of inspiration for a lot of people. And so there are people in different countries around the world who write me and say, you know what, these postings have helped them. And I say to myself, wow, the film's not done yet, whatever. But these people have been impacted. And so what I want to say to people is you don't always have, you don't have to Although we have goals, don't feel like only when you achieve that goal, you will have an impact. And if you don't, you're not. That's just BS. I'm just going to say it like it is. Dr. Martin Luther King did not, you know. He had this dream. He didn't, when he was shot, he didn't. You see what I'm saying? And if you look at it long term, there's still so many ills in the society with racism or whatever. That's not been resolved yet. But there's been progress, of course. But the point is that he didn't achieve his goal. And so some of the things that we're working on as individuals, it's meant for the next generation to carry on. You know, it's not, we don't have to, you see what I'm saying? 
It's a continuum. It's like climbing a ladder. There's some things that we'll do. There's some things that the next generation will do. You know, and so part of what we do is we plant seeds, we sow seeds, but someone else may harvest the seed. You know, and so it's not being so ego-driven, but just showing up every day and doing the work that we feel called to do. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, man. You made a, you made a lot of very important uh, points, you know, we're not asking ourselves who we are, you know, mm-hmm. we're looking at everyone else and we're comparing and then we become not enough. Mm-hmm. And, and I like the the last part because with sport, when, you know, one of the things I'd like to change culturally through sport is that it's not the championship that makes you worthy. You know, when you're a little kid, you got to be first, you know, in the race, right. And then, you know, all the other little kids there, we're so competitive. We got to beat the high school district. Then you got to beat the you know, state district. Then you got to beat Canada versus USA, you know, in hockey. And then you got to always win the championship. And we kind of put like our self-worth and our, um, like our value on the achievement of the thing that we're getting. And most of the time we, we haven't even analyzed if we want that freaking thing. And so meanwhile, we're going day by day, week by week, month by month, pursuing this thing with like full on blinders, just missing the whole point, you know, just like, you know, and so if we can be whole on the path every day and realize it, it doesn't have to be this grand thing, you know, you don't, um, you know, I don't know, end world hunger, right? If you're compassionate, you really want to do something good for the world. And like, how do I end world hunger today? It'd be great if you could push that button and make it happen. And I'm sure most people would. Um, but you got to be whole and enough and feel like fully, like full of self-love and worth just doing your day-to-day thing, which isn't super dramatic or fifth dimensional or spiritual guides. And you know, all that stuff's great. But that's the challenge of like walking the path is how can we feel whole and complete um, as we're just doing the day-to-day things, which can be mundane, which can be challenging. Um, but I think that when we have that perspective of being of service and realizing the value in the small things, like just getting someone's name at the grocery store or being kind or, um, you know, walking a little old lady across the street or helping somebody that you see when you have the opportunity, you know, just those little actions, I think they're more empowering than we give them credit for you know? And so if we can walk that path, if we can have a worthy goal that comes from us, we're inspired to do, we move towards it, you know, and we can enjoy that path, you know, and know that it has meaning and it has worth to us. And hopefully we'll get there. We might not, but if we could enjoy it and enjoy, you know, kind of dance along the journey, you know, rather than just be like, this is so stressful. This is terrible. I got to get that thing. Um, you know, <laughs> then it's just two different perspectives and, and you get to choose one ultimately. We do get to choose. And, and we do, we do get to serve too. I, you know, I, I come back to that because I sense this is one of a, a core idea, a core thing with you. We do get a chance to serve and my experience has taught me and it still teaches me that miracles do happen. I mean, we live in a society that's so jaded, right? Because every headline that comes across the news is some tragedy happened somewhere else that we forget that, you know, in fact, every day somewhere on some level, there's some type of beautiful thing happening. There's some miracle happening. There's someone somewhere that really and truly does go out of their way to help someone else. And then they don't have to. And sometimes these people don't want any type of recognition. 
the world is are full of heroes or heroes like that who do these things. But we become so jaded, we we forget that. And we also forget that we could be that person for someone else. It doesn't have to be for a whole school district. It, it could be for like what you said, for someone crossing the street. And every day we, we get a chance to decide if we want to be that, you know, or if we can be that. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, man. Um, so I, I know we got to wrap up soon because you have it about an hour, but I'm curious if you can go down this road before we go. Um, oh. I think, I think it's a deeper question, but um, I think when people do religious things or spiritual things and they're seeking, they want to have a relationship with God, you know, and God can mean many things to mm-hmm. many different people. I was just curious with, with your background and, and what you know in your tradition, you know, what it, what is God to you and how do we create a connection um, and like a communication between that idea or spirit or energy? You know, I would say part of it, is is understanding our own divinity you know and when we it, it when we lose when we lose that connection with ourselves to me we're on the we're on our way down we're stepping into a hell of some kind when we lose that connection with our own our own voice for example our own feelings, our own sense of self-worth. To me, that's where we, sh- that to me, we always have to go back to that. And so many people I feel become lost because they're always looking somewhere else, what someone else said, what someone else's experience has been, that they forget their own experience, that each of us, were all spirits in this body too. And so, there's a saying in, in, in the Yoruba tradition that says, um, that basically what it says is, you know, before you go consult these other divine entities, you should consult your inner head. You should consult your own, the divine spirit in yourself. Do that before you go consulting all these other, you know. And so I would say it, it comes back to recognizing that spark within us. And also being gentle with ourselves. We're often too, too harsh and judgmental, many times even as we look at our own lives. And so appreciation, appreciating God, uh, appreciating the divine comes also from appreciating more of who we are and what our own story is. That's what I would say. And understanding that we are all part of God, the God force. And that by being more in harmony with our own spirits, our own individuality, we become more powerful. You know, we weaken ourselves by being someone else. Every time we aspire to be someone else, it's like you're stabbing our own, we're stabbing ourselves in the back. And we're saying to God, there must be some mistake. You know, we're saying to the ancestors, well, there must be some mistake, you know, and so we really have to, to honor ourselves. To me, that's the surest path, one of the surest paths back to living a more divine life that's more in connection with spirit, God.
That was beautiful, man. Mm. That was a beautiful answer. I agree. I think it's wonderful. Um, it's been a pleasure to converse with you um, yes. and hear you. Um, before we leave, as I said at the beginning, is there anything that you wish that I asked if you 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 want to talk about um, documentary, anything like that, any kind of topics, or just closing thoughts um, to leave the listeners? Um, well, the one thing I would say is um, I am uh, I'll be launching my book uh, Meditations Across the Kings River in a few months. Um, the book will be published by Balboa Press. It's a collection of some of the inspirational affirmations I've been sharing over the years, but it also contains some essays, lessons I've learned along the way, my journey. Um, so if you join my mailing list, I'll be sure to let you know when that book is available. Um, oh, the other thing I would say is that some people think that, some people think they, on Facebook that they don't see the posts or they're, they're thinking maybe I don't post regularly, um, but I post every single day. It's just that on Facebook, Facebook, the algorithms of Facebook does not allow all fans to see the posts, you know? And so one of the challenges with Facebook is they have a business model where they want page owners to pay more money so that other people could see their posts, you know? And so you can come to the page directly if you want. I, there's, I don't miss a day, 365 week, days a week. There'll be something there. Um, and I do it because I love doing it. But yeah, so there's a post every day. And just if you do sign up for the mailing list, I'll let you know when that book is about. And you could also follow me directly on the website across the kingsriver.com as well. Awesome. So I just want to... Um, you asked me if there's anything else I would say in closing. Well, so one thing I would say in closing is um, it's also important to, as, as you work on your purpose, as you inhabit, have a daily spiritual practice, to also form alliances with others, you know, and not think you have to do everything you're dreaming by yourself because you can't. It's not. And if you attempt to do so, you won't do it well. So it's important to form alliances strategic alliances and give those alliances time to grow. Um, there's a connection that I had with a couple that I met seven years ago um, who were interested in my project. It took seven years for that connection to really gel and to become what it is today. And so even the relationship I have with my elders in Africa, it took a long time. It's not just that I went to Africa and we had a connection and it took a long time, years and years and years for that to grow into what it is now. And so what I say to people is, give the relationships and connections that you have with people time. Don't just judge people and after two months or three months or one year and say, well, it's not gonna work. Look at what happened. You know, give these things time. Give everything time, that's what I would say. You know, and believe that it's possible. Awesome, man. I love Thank it. Thank you. Yes. Well, I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your wisdom and, and putting a post a day, 365 days a year, man. That's amazing. And that's yes. a beautiful spot for inspiration. So I definitely invite all the, my audience to check out the page, get into it. And Facebook is lame like that. You build a huge audience and then they limit your reach. Like, they do. Just, just sons of guns, man. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, but, I appreciate you, man. And I'm so excited about the book coming out and the okay. documentary. Keep me in the loop with all that oh, stuff. Sure. And, we'll do another show. We'll do another yeah, show. And just keep up the amazing work. All right. Thank you so much.
Okay, take Thank care, you. man. See All you guys. Right. All right, then. Okay. Bye. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that amazing episode with James Weeks. He's, uh, I highly recommend checking out his Facebook channel. He's just got some beautiful writing, such a awesome, humble, amazing guy. If you like the podcast and it provided you a bit of value, please support the show by going over to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and just chip in a buck in the bucket. It really does go a long way when you take that action and support because uh, it's a lot of time and effort over here and I love doing it, um, but that does help. The best way that you can support the podcast if you're getting value from it is to do one act of kindness. Any act, get somebody's name, um, give a compliment, pay it for forward, pick up a piece of trash, let somebody in in traffic. That is the best way you can support the podcast. Also leaving a review and sharing this episode. So if you're getting knowledge, shares are really pure gold. It does help get the word out there. So please share the episode with your friends, share it on Facebook, tag me on social media. I'm doing a lot more writing on Instagram these days. So you can check that out if you want to, you know, see where my mind is exploring these concepts and ideas as I, you know, sit with these incredible guests and, you know, wrap my own mind around all these concepts and how I live my daily life and my daily experience. So if you want to check some of that stuff out, go to, uh, you know, the Instagram at Matt Belair. For those of you guys who want coaching, I basically work with three types of people. Uh, the first is just like your average Joe, which is like most people. Um, and you're really looking to level up. You want to create a life and a business and, and a way of being that inspires you that you can make a life from your passion and you want to overcome limiting beliefs blocks and you really want to level up. So that's the first type the second type is a is usually like an entrepreneur or business owner or ceo they're kind of like a high performance type of person they really um are kicking butt in a lot of ways and they want to go even further and they also want to integrate this into their business or they want to create more peace and fill and balance in what they're doing or they're just like a peak performance junkie and uh, you want to learn all about the flow state consciousness spirituality meditation lucid dreaming um peak performance in the workplace flow state you know productivity stress reduction all that kind of stuff uh it's a little bit more corporate but we can definitely go down all that those those avenues for sure um and the last part is an athlete anybody out there who is an athlete and wants to improve their performance um, at any level, I'm so happy to work with you and, and see where we can go. Um, we can do a power 90 minute session, or we can do something a little bit more in depth where we do monthly coaching. And there's a limited number on that, but there are a couple slots open at this current time. If you are hearing this, um, so always just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching or matt at Zen Athlete and make an inquiry because I can always get to everyone somehow. And it does work out. I do, I do make space, so it does happen. So make sure you reach out if you're interested in that. Um, I think that's it. If you haven't read Zen Athlete, read that book. I'll gift the ebook to any coach, any athlete, any person who wants it for free if they if they want it, or just buy the book on Amazon. It's an incredible book that teaches you how to manifest in this reality, um, and it's great for kids. And that's really what it's about: is teaching this to the next generation. But it is the science of personal development and self mastery. So check that out. And also my sponsors. Perium and Sync Tuition, bit.ly forward slash Gamma Waves for three free incredible tracks and bit.ly forward slash Activate Health for $50 gift card. So that's it. That's my promo to keep the uh, podcast going and, and everything else. Um, sending you tons of love from Maine. Learning with the man David Lone Bear Santa Pass is truly an incredible experience. Uh, it's changing me every single day. And so I'm just grateful for you guys um, being here. So before we head out we'll just come to a quick state of peace and coherence because i gotta run so three deep breaths taking a deep breath in through your nose holding that breath and just releasing 
that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day, all the self-criticisms and self-doubts, any personal negativity. Taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly with all the care, just coming to total peace, total presence and total gratitude now. Taking in one more deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly. All the cares and all the worries. Just letting that breath out slowly, feeling total peace, total coherence, total gratitude. And just go about today being kind and compassionate to yourself and do one act of kindness and uh, stay in the energy of spirit. So thank you so much for listening to this episode and I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Have an amazing day.